Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. So let's get into this. I'm, I'm really digging this series on faith, Hebrews chapter 11. If you read your Bible in the New Testament, it will show you that Hebrews chapter 11 is what we call the hall of fame of faith. And in this hall of fame of faith, the writer takes you on a journey to show you of real people that had to endure certain things and be, be be victorious over them by faith. And so I really, really love uh, this particular message. You know what I love about this particular message is that it's proof positive that I am in sync with what God is doing in the, in the atmosphere right now. What do you mean by that pastor? Well, what I mean by that is this many of my brothers and sisters in the faith, many of my colleagues, many other pastors that I'll follow or whatever, we all just so happen to be preaching the same message. And it's not by accident. I have not consulted with them because some of them are on the West Coast. Some of them are other places. It just so happened, I just looked up and I saw at least three pastors that I'm friends with that are preaching in this season on the subject matter of faith. And I know why. We need faith like never before. Uh, we're in a season where there's so much going on in our, in our lives financially. Uh, there's so much going on in our lives personally. There's so much going on in our lives that we need faith now more than ever. We're relying too much on things and on people than we are relying on God. And right now in this season, we need more faith than ever. I have a friend right now, as, as I'm speaking right now, that is literally fighting for his life, diagnosed with the stage four pancreatic cancer, fighting for his life. We need faith now more than ever. And even in these dark hours, even in these dark hours, we need the faith of God to carry us through. And this is why I'm sharing this message, because without faith, the Bible is clear, it's impossible To please the Lord. But without faith, it's impossible for you, for you to see God's glory. And this is why we're talking about faith in this season. I love if you've been here with us for the past couple weeks, we've had a great starter. I started off on the first week sharing with you uh, what faith is not. Because sometimes we think faith is something that is really not. We think that, that hopeful thinking is faith, and we realize that that's not. That's not faith. Uh, We also then last week, uh, Pastor E brought it home, and she brought a sermonetic nugget for you. I will tell you, she 
put it down. You understand? And, and she, she talked about Noah and, and how Noah had to step out on faith, uh, believing that there was a flood happening in the middle of the desert and spent a lot of his lifetime building a boat that was not designed for navigational purposes, but designed for safety. He had to build that, and I'm sure he faced ridicule. I'm sure he was judged. I'm sure they laughed at him. I'm sure that some people were like, yo, you commit him to the nut house first, or I will. I mean, I'm sure that people turned their back, but Noah stepped out on faith and did what God told him to do. And so today we're going to talk about one of his great, 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 great grandkids, someone by the name of Abraham. And we're going to spend the next two weeks talking about Abraham, because when you look at the great hall of fame of faith, Abraham stands out. Abraham is the father of all nations, some would say. Abraham was, was, was personally ordained by God. Abraham, directly from the lineage of Noah, is who we're going to talk about today. Today's sermon is entitled, Step Out on Faith. Step Out on Faith. So if you have your Bible, will you meet me over in... Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 through 10. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and it says this. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going, and even when he reached the land God promised him, He lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents, and so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. I've got a couple compliments today on my shirt And I'm not wearing this to make a statement at all, just so you know. But it is tied to the message. I love this shirt. I was doing a show a couple weeks ago, and it was an outside festival. And as they were taking us to our green room to eat before we got on the stage to perform, uh, the lady, there was a lady that had a booth set up, and she had all of these wonderful garments hanging up. And I said, wait a minute, I'm going to eat later. I got to stop and talk to this sister. And I stopped and talked to that sister, and I said, I want that one right there, only if it's my size. And she said, you know what? What size you wear? I said, large. She said, that's your size. I said, cool, we're getting somewhere. I said, now, how much is it? She said, well, I spent, as soon as she started like this, she said, well, I spent a lot of time working on it. I knew it was going to be a lot of money. Soon as she said that, she's selling why she's going to charge me what she's going to charge me. She said, well, it's $75. I said, $75. I said, wow, that's deep. She said, but do you know what the shirt means? I said, yes, that's an Adinkra symbol. And that Adinkra symbol is Jinyami. Uh, 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 she said, huh? I said, yeah, you didn't know this symbol is an Adinkra symbol, and it means Jinyame. She said, okay, tell me more. I said, well, no, 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 no. You should know this. She said, I do, but I want to see if you know it. I said, it means except for God or only God. And she said, oh, my goodness, the price just went down. I said, well, how much? She said, 65. I said, still not low enough. I said, you would charge me? I said, you would charge a pastor $65? She said, well, you didn't say you was a pastor. I'll take 50 favor ain't fair 
So I walk away from the lady with my proud shirt, and I say, you know what? Jinyame will preach this Sunday. Because we see Abraham in a moment where he's like, accept God, only God. Only God would have the gall to call me to go somewhere somewhere where I don't even know where I'm going. Only God can get me there and provide for me while I'm there. Abraham is faced with a only God except God moment. Abraham is faced with a Yinyame moment where he has to look and say only God. In this particular scripture, there are three levels of faith. And these three levels of faith apply to you today. Y'all ready? Watch this. You can take this note if you want. It's not in your notes, but you might want to tweet it, write it down or whatever. Three levels of faith that we find right here in Hebrews 11, 8 through 10. Ready? Number one, there's the faith to go. The first thing Abraham had to do, or Abram at this point, was do a self-evaluation, check his level of faith to see if he had enough to just at least be obedient and go. That's the first level of faith. And I want to tell you today, my brothers and sisters, all that stuff that you've been dreaming about, all that stuff that you've been hoping for, all that stuff that you've been wishing to existence, it ain't going to happen outside of faith, but your faith won't be activated until you decide to go. And Abraham's first level of faith was to go. Your first level of faith, my brothers and sisters, is to decide in your heart today that wherever God is taking you, wherever God is sending you, whatever God is instructing you to do, you have to have enough faith like Abraham to just go. Now, here's the second level of faith. You got to catch it because some of us in this room are like, that's no problem, Pastor B. I've already stepped out on faith. I'm on the journey. I've decided to go. But the second level of faith that you've got to get in your systems today is that Abrahamic faith to stay. We see in the Bible here that Abraham decided to go. But once he got to the place that he was said to go, he had to have enough faith to stay. Now, what does that mean, Pastor? Well, it means this, that sometimes where God is sending you, once you've got the courage to go, once you get there it may not look like what you thought it would look like but you've got to have enough faith to say it don't look like what I thought it would look like but God since you said go I'm gonna stay until it happens the way you said it would I'm gonna stay until I see the real manifestation of what you said it will happen we've got to have faith to go level number one now we're moving on to level number two I'm there now it may not look like what I wanted to it may not be all that I thought it would be but I've got to have the faith to stay then finally here's the third level You've got to have faith enough to believe in God's promise. Watch this. Look at the Bible. Look at the Bible. Look at the Bible. Let's go to the Bible really quick. Verse 10. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations. Here's the best part. A city designed and built by God. That's a promise by God. He had to have faith to stay put and believe in what he envisioned God had given him to envision. And what, here's what happens. You and I, we get to a place in life. We got the faith to go. We step out there. Oh, we're on the journey. I go. We get there. Sometimes we met dealing with some mess. When we get there and we're like, you know what? I think I, I, think I heard you wrong, God. Let me go back and turn on around. But then you got to have faith. Okay, I'm going to stay because now I got to have faith to see what God wants me to do in the place that I'm at. That's the faith you got to have. So the three levels is one, you got to have the faith to go. The second level, the faith to stay. And third, the faith to believe in the promises God made. Now I'm going to show you how this all plays out in real life. 
can I show you how this plays out in real life? Will y'all, will y'all, will y'all meet me over in Old Testament? Because I want to tell you something. This is Genesis. Go back to the first book. That's easy. Just it's right after the the, the index. No, it's just right after that. Just yeah, you you can't miss it. Okay, watch this. Do y'all know? I just said the three levels of faith. You got to have the faith to what? Go, faith to stay, and the faith to believe in God's promises. If you read your Bible, which we're going to read in Genesis right now, Abraham went. But do y'all know he took a detour? He didn't go directly to the land of Canaan. He stopped in a place called Haran. He stopped. He pressed the pause button. He said, let me chill out here for a little bit. He detoured. He, de- he, he stepped away for a moment for what God told him to do. Do you read this Bible and, 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 and do you understand that I want to tell you that in the same way that as Abraham was on the journey and going, but he stopped short of where he was supposed to go, God still made him the father of nations. I want to tell you, just because you stop in the midst of what God told you to do, God has not forgotten you. I want to show you something here in the Bible. I'm going to show you something here in the Bible. Watch this. Abraham first went halfway to where God called him. That's Haran. He got to Haran. He said, oh, this must be the land of promise because everybody is good. Everything looks right. It feels nice here. They treat me good. This is perfect. Everything's the Haran must be the place. But watch this. He gets halfway there. And eventually, eventually, while he's there, his father dies. And eventually he's like, you know, God was like, okay, cool. I tricked you. You thought Haran was it. Keep on going. Keep on going. Haran is not your final destination. Keep on going. Here's the part I want you to get. And the Bible is very clear. God did not acknowledge his disobedience. God did not acknowledge his disobedience. God didn't curse his disobedience. God blessed him. And I want to tell you something. In the same way he blessed them, God will bless you. Yeah, you may have put that business plan or whatever on the shelf, that purpose that God gave you. But God said, if you just pull it back off. And give your faith back to me. I'll make sure that I see you and meet you at the end of the road. Put it back down and do what you started to do. And trust me, the minute, see, this is what, let me tell you something. God is not mad when we take a, a shortcut or a detour. God is not tripping when we take a detour. God is tripping when we totally, totally leave it. You know why? We could take a detour. And come back, and God's like, good, you still have faith in me. But the minute we stop completely, we're saying, God, I tried it. It didn't work out. You're not enough. I'm moving on. That's when we break God's heart. He's not upset when we detour. All we have to do is recalibrate our spiritual compass to point north. But when we totally detract, totally get off track, totally abandon what he has called, now now we've broken his heart. And he's upset. Let me show you how this plays out in Genesis. Genesis chapter 12. First book in the Bible. Go over to the 12th chapter. Watch this. I'm going to show you how, how Abram didn't listen but wasn't cursed as a result. Chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family And go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great 
nation. I will bless you and make you famous. You will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. Put your finger on the pause button for a second because I got some explaining to do. Listen to what I'm trying to tell you here. What did I say? The three levels of faith. You've got to go. Then you've got to have faith enough to stay. Why do you think Abram had faith enough to stay? This line right here says it all. Ready? I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. And I want you to just for a moment have a praise moment all by yourself. Because I want to tell you right now what God has want me to tell you. That where you go, there may be some people that may not agree with your presence in the place that you're at. But God will bless those who bless you. He will use your enemy as your footstool. He'll prepare a table in the presence of your haters. Somebody this morning knows what I'm talking about. Oh, that was a good praise break. That just gave me a shout. Hear what I'm trying to tell you. Once you get to that place, God is going to use the people at that place to be a blessing. And those who are hating, God is just simply going to move them on out the way. Excuse me, we got somewhere to be. Excuse me, you in the way. Oh, that's a hurdle. Let me jump right on over it. Oh, that's a wall. Let me bust right through it. Ain't nothing that God promises you ever going to ever going to stop him from fulfilling in your lifetime. You got to understand this. So let's keep on going because y'all wasn't excited enough. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed and Lot, his nephew, was with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his, new, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people who had taken, he had taken into his household at Haran. And he headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, oh, that's it. And they left the land there and, they, and they arrived for Canaan. That's all I want you all to get for now. We'll continue on later. So what are you saying, Pastor B? What I'm saying is what I said a minute ago. God said, go to Canaan. The land I promised you. But this man decided, I'm going to stop right here. And he stayed for a while. When the Bible gives you numbers, pay attention. He was 75 years old when he left, when his father died. Let me tell you something about his father. They were idol worshipers. All of that historical stuff that didn't line up to God had to be killed in order for them to move on to where they're going. Where God is sending you... You can't bring stuff from your past. Where God is sending you, everybody does not have permission to join you on the journey. Where God is sending you, it's going to require you to lose some dead weight. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. So he leads them there. This is why God didn't, di didn't focus on his disobedience. God focused on his obedience. It took him a while, but he got it. And he still blessed them. He still blessed them in that land. So they went on. To Canaan. Now, they left Haran. Let me put this in perspective. He stayed in Haran for as long as they stayed in Haran because it was cool. It was nice. Everybody was getting along. It was plenty of food. I mean, they were chilling and having a great time. The father dies. Now they got to go to Canaan. Now things are different. They go to Canaan 
and they are immediately met with resistance and hostility. They stay in the tent. Watch this. They stay in the tent not because they were forced to. They stayed in tents only to try to keep the peace with the people that were there. They stayed in the tent to try to say, hey, listen, we're not trying to come over here and overtake y'all. This is where God sent us. And the people, the natives of the land of Canaan look at them like, oh, yeah, right. God said, come over. Listen, I dare you. If you step on my land, I'm going to kill you, your livestock and everything. They're facing major hostility. And Abram is stuck dealing with this idea of, you sure, God, you, you didn't mean Haran. Everybody liked me in Haran. I got along with everybody in Haran. But over here, nobody likes me. They don't invite me to parties. My kids can't come to the parties. They don't invite me over for dinner. I'm living in a shack in a tent. You sure this is the land you're prom? This is the promised land where there's no love, there's hate, there's hostility toward me? This is it, God? You sure it wasn't Haran. He had to have enough faith to stay there and then the faith to see what the potential of the place was. Why does that make sense to you today? Some of y'all right now are in Canaan. You left Haran to get to Canaan. And you're like, I thought everything was much better over here. I thought this promotion was all that it would take for my life to be in sync with God's plan. But all I'm feeling is resistance from these employees that are under me. Some of y'all are in marriages right now saying, oh, I thought once I got married, everything would be great. But you're in a relationship with a spouse that you don't get along with. Y'all ain't talking. Y'all ain't agreeing on nothing. Y'all beefing all the time. Some of y'all thought that it would be just like what you saw in the movies. Hello, honey. What did you cook? What do you want for dinner? No, it ain't like that. Some of y'all thought, man, if I just had more money, life would be better. You got more money and you got more problems, according to Biggie. Oh, I'm preaching better than y'all shouting this morning. Y'all are right now in Canaan and saying, God, is this what you have in store for me? And God says, yes, because you are right where I need you to be. Because you get, you did good in Haran. You ain't have no struggles, so you didn't have to depend on me. You did good in Duran, in Haran. You had no haters, so you had not to depend on me. Or you were doing good in Haran. Everybody liked you. You didn't have to depend on me. But I got to get you to a place where you're so low. Nobody likes you. You don't got enough resources. You're all by yourself, and it's just you and me baby what other time do I have an opportunity to show you just how good I am what other time will I have an opportunity to show you how with faith all things are possible what other time will I have an opportunity to show you that when you are weak baby guess what I'm strong what other time will I have to show you you don't need enough money I'm all that you need sometimes we have to get to a place in our lives where we don't know that God is all we need until he is all we have And Abram was in a spot where he said, all I got is God and my faith. And they don't like me here. And this land ain't what I thought it would be. But by faith, I'm staying here. Because I see a place where buildings are built and designed by God. I see a place that's penetrated with love. I see a place saturated with love in every square mile of this place. I'm going to stay put and see the promise of God become manifested in my lifetime. We've got to stay where God sends us. Somebody's getting this this morning. I want to share, before I go, really quick, just four faith notes. And I'm going to tell a little bit about my business, so don't judge me. Let's talk about some faith notes. Four faith notes from Abraham. First one I want to share with you is this. If you don't step out, you'll never discover what the next step is. 
If you don't step out, you'll never discover the next step. You've got to step out to see the next step. You can't be wishing the next step in. You got to step out. I think the Bible says something like this. Faith without works is works require you action. It's, it's active. You've got to move. You've got to step out. And without stepping out, you won't know what the next step is. Watch this. If Abram had just stayed put, even though he paused in Haran, had he just stayed put and said, you know what? Everything is good here. I'm going to stay with my family in this land. Me and my dad, Terah, we're going to stay right here. I'm not going anywhere. And never, ever stepped out. He would have never known the next step. He had to make a misstep to get on track for the right step. And sometimes that's how God works you. He allows you to misstep so he can get in there and get you right back on track. He had to make a misstep in order to get back on track. But the first step was to step out in order to know what the next step was. And I'm telling you, you sitting here talking about, oh, I'm in the research phase. No, you need to be out there in the meeting phase. You need to be in the networking phase. You need to be in the how you doing, my name is so-and-so phase. You need to be out there stepping out, putting out resume. Tell you what. You got a business right now, I dare you to just take $50 and register your business name. Oh, yeah, they got quiet. Like, oh, you, like, I really got to step out. You, are you serious about this stepping out on faith? I thought you were just preaching. No. I'm trying to help you. Step out right now. You got a business plan sitting on your heart right now. You got a business plan that you done put away, but you ain't even purchased the business name yet. It's just only $50. Take your little $50 and go ahead and register that business name right now. That's a step in the right direction. Oh, I'm trying to find my spouse. I've been looking. I've been looking, and I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for her, for her to find me. I'm waiting for him to find me. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. You ain't stepped out. How are you going to find you if he can't see you? How are you going to find her if you're just chilling, watching the, the, the video games? You got to step out. Step out. Step out. So you can know what the next step is. The second thing I want to give you, my brothers and sisters, today for these few minutes we have is sometimes God won't reveal his plan until you begin the journey. You won't know the plan. Now, the plan is the steps, right? You step out, but God won't reveal the plan for you stepping out until you get out into the journey. You've got to get out there in the field. Can I be transparent with y'all for a moment? 1993. Oh, what a glorious year. 1993. Come on, look at my 93 folks. That wasn't the year I was born, so I'm not that young. But that was the year that I graduated high school. It was the year that I did. Come on, my 93 folks in the building. All right, don't judge us young people. Don't judge us millennials. We, all right, we still cool. Listen, 1993, I decided I'm moving to Atlanta, Georgia. I'm from Buffalo, New York, far, far, far away from Atlanta, Georgia. I had Zero immediate family members in Atlanta, Georgia. But I wanted to be in Atlanta, Georgia. And so I decide that I'm going to come down here and attend college in Atlanta, Georgia. Hundreds, hundreds, a lot of hundreds of miles away from my family. I moved to Atlanta, Georgia. Don't judge me. We all got a pass. And I came here and I stepped foot on that campus and I said, my name is Shabazz Allah. I didn't know that, did you? No, I wasn't always a Christian. I was a radical Muslim. 
And how everybody knew me as Shabazz Allah. I came to Atlanta and I was Shabazz Allah. I was militant. I was in it. I was deep. I was preaching on the campus. I was not preaching in Bible, by the way, but I was preaching my rhetoric on the campus. I'm converting people to believe the rhetoric. I was on fire and that was good. And I came to Atlanta in 1993 as Shabazz Allah. And then all of a sudden I had to divert and leave Atlanta and went back home. The next time I came back to Atlanta, I came back and gave my life to Christ at Turner Chapel AME Church. I became a Christian. The radical thing had been gone. And when I gave my life to Christ, I immediately was thrust into ministry. I started off in Atlanta as Shabazz Allah. I'm on my journey now in Atlanta as Pastor B. I I had to start the journey. I had to come to Atlanta to see what God had in store for me, still not knowing it was to be a pastor. I came to Atlanta, Shabazz Allah. I leave Atlanta. I come back. I'm now a husband. I'm now a father. I've started multiple businesses, all successful here. Started a thriving music career. I've composed for Emmy Award winning films, Broadway shows. I've toured with some of the some Grammy Award winning artists. I've been blessed, but it all came here. And all of that stuff God used for his glory. All of that I had. But here's the thing. I had to be on the journey. So what are you saying, Pastor B? Yeah, I didn't start and I didn't start this journey with my belief in God, but it was in Atlanta where God revealed himself. Oh, that don't make sense. Okay, y'all want the Bible. Genesis chapter 12, God told Abram and Sarai to go. They stopped in Haran. They were still Abram and Sarai. When God said, go and continue the journey, they got to Canaan. She became Sarah. He became Abraham. Once you get to where God is sending you, not only will he change your demographics, not only will he change your geographical location, he will change your name and reveal his promises for you. I started off Shabazz Allah. Today I'm Pastor B. He started off as Abram, but then he became Abraham, the father of nations. And then at her old age, God just showing out, says, Sarah, I'm going to give birth through your womb, which you thought wasn't working and she becomes the mother of nations but it all started because number one they stepped out and then Abram had the faith to stay and then finally he saw the vision and the promise that God had and he stayed firm in his belief you have to do the same thing you may right now be (laughs) an assistant but God says "Uh uh-uh that's not your permanent title baby you the CEO Oh, I must not have CEO. I'm talking to the wrong crowd. Let me go on this side here. I know you in medical school and you're ready to quit. And right now you are a nurse assistant. But God said, don't stop there, baby. A doctor is going to be on you if you just keep on going. Wrong side, wrong side. I'm going to go back and talk to this side. I think y'all might get it. 
I know you're counting somebody else's money, but God says, stop counting somebody else's money. I know you work at the bank, but I want to tell you, bank CEO, it's on you, baby. A wrong side again. Y'all just ain't getting it. Let me talk to some people who understand that once you get on the journey, God is going to change your name and your geographic location. God says, step out. And once you step out, let me reveal the plans once you're on the journey. Third thing I got to give you. I got to give you. I got to get out of here now. Third thing, having faith is not the absence of doubt. And I think that's what keeps some of us so stuck. Having faith is not the absence of doubt. God is not afraid, nor is he deterred by your questions. How do I know that? Well, we know that even Jesus Christ himself in his final hours was sitting there. He says, God, if you can remove this cup of suffering, he asks about removing the cup of suffering. Even Jesus Christ in his final hours had questions about what was going on. Do you think God would be upset if you question? Faith is not the absence of doubt. Let me fix it for you. It is trusting God in spite of it. Faith is not the absence of doubt. It's trusting God in spite of doubt. You know, when Jesus came and and started his earthly ministry, he was out in the desert for 40 days. He was tempted by the devil for 40 days. He comes out of the wilderness. He goes and he says, it's time to assemble my posse. Now, let me tell you how this would work for Broderick Maurice Santiago. If I'm going to start a public ministry, I'm going to do what my daddy always told me. Always have friends that are smarter than you. So if I'm Jesus and I'm going to listen to what my daddy told me, find friends that are smarter than you. The first group of people I'm going to, I'm going to get me some Pharisees. I'm going to get me some Sadducees and I'm going to get me some Zealots. Well, why are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to get me some Pharisees because they were very, very, very devout to their belief in the religious law at the time. So they had a lot of knowledge. I'm going to get me some Sadducees. Why? Because, well, they got some money. I need some money along the way. Some money, money, money. And the Zealots, oh, they were the strictest adherers to the law of the day. So I'm going to get some smart people. But no, that's not what my Jesus did. That's why God chose Jesus and not Broderick, right? Because I would have messed this thing up. He says, he, he, Jesus gets out there. God chose Jesus. He, Jesus gets out there. He says, time to assemble my posse. Let me see. Let me get, uh, let me have a uh, anger management dude. Let me see who else I got. Let me see. Oh, let me get this doubter. Yeah, I know he's doubter. You know, let me see. Well, oh, you. You a tax collector, you worse than a sinner. You good, you good. Come on, come on. Let me see. Y'all remember that picking your team in school? Huh? I, no offense to those who were never picked. I was always picked on a team. I was always, you was always picked, Brandon. You were never picked? I'm sorry, man. Oh, shh. Virtual hug? All right, we good? All right. I was always picked. I'm sorry. Listen. He picked a dude that would betray him. Do y'all not think Jesus didn't know that this dude was going to betray him? That's why he forgave him so quick. He picked everybody that was considered at that point misfits, unqualified. That's what's his posse. I'm saying to myself, if this is me, I'm picking people that are smarter than me. I'm picking people that are, but this is the thing. He approaches, he, 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 he picks up this posse of people. Why? Because they were disqualified in the eyes of others. And I want to tell you something right now. You stepping out there on faith because you feel you're not qualified. God specializes in choosing people unqualified. 
you stepping out there on faith because you feel that you ain't got all the stuff you need to get it in order, when do you give God a chance to show you, I got this? God will put you in the circle of influencers if you would just step out. He will put you in the presence of people that can make decisions without you even have to worry about asking a bank for. God will put you in positions where people who've been trying their whole life to get to, he will make you skip the line and be in those circles with the right people at the right time. But it don't happen outside of faith. You got to have faith. You got to have faith. So in other words, it's okay to have doubt, but keep it moving. It's okay to have doubt, but keep it moving. When God called me to pastor, talk about doubt, I had doubt and fear. That's a cocktail for disaster. Doubt and fear. Like doubt, no, you ain't called me. Fear, you crazy. These people crazy. I stood at meetings where people literally sat in the meetings, told me my preaching sucked. Where people sat in the meetings, told me that I didn't have a clear vision. Where people sat in a meeting, told me that I was too young in the ministry. Where people sat in a meeting, said, there's no way on God's green earth will I follow you. And today, six years later, I'm still where I started, baby. I hope you watching. Why? Because though I had doubt, though I had fear, I stepped on out there and kept on moving, believing not in my power, not in my strength, not in my knowledge, not in my connections, but believing that I'm connected to the only source that I need. Oh, hey. Ooh, y'all don't know what I went through to get behind this pulpit. Oh, my goodness. Final point. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. We got to take communion. We got to go. Listen. Final point. Resist the temptation to leave in spite of what is seen. Abraham was deep. The minute them people said, uh-uh, you can't stay here. Uh-uh, if you stay here, I'm going to kill you. That was like, oh, that's, that's cool. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm on my way. Adios. Ain't no way in the world God going to tell me I promised you this land and I got to stay in the tents while you stand in the mansion. We got issues. But not not Abram. He said, I don't care what they say. I'm going to stay in this tent because I see beyond what's right in front of me. I see beyond what's right here in front of me. I see beyond the haters who ain't welcoming. I see beyond the people that are living better than me. I see beyond that. I see the promise that God has made. And some of you sitting here right day, right now today need to see beyond what's in front of you. You're looking at the people around you that ain't saying nothing positive. You done told them your vision, but because you told the wrong person your vision, they said, nah, you sure you want to do that? You ain't got that kind of money. You ain't even finished college. Are you sure you can make that kind of money? Oh, keep on dreaming, baby. I will tell you right now, that person immediately needs to be deleted from your cell phone. They don't need to know nothing that's going on. They don't need to know nothing about your plans because they ain't going to help you get there no way. You need to keep moving even in the midst of those who are nagging you and telling you you can't do it. Despite what's in front of you, you've got to commit yourself to keep on. Despite what you can see, you got to believe in what is unseen. That's the challenge of faith. It's believing in what is unseen. Although what's around you tells you, everything around you says, you're not qualified. Everything around you says, this is not the season. Everything around you says, no, this is the wrong person for you. Everything around you says, you know what, you might want to rethink that. 
And in your heart of hearts, it don't look like it adds up. In your heart of hearts, you're like, you know what? You're right. I don't have enough money. You know what? You're, you're, you're right. This may not be the best season. I got so much on my plate already. You know what? You're right. This, 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 this may not be the right person for me. And if you base your life on what everything being, every, what everybody else said about you, then you'll never make it. You need to go back to the Bible and say, what does God say about me? I think the Bible says that all of God's promises are what? Yes and amen. Amen means that settles it. That's finished. We believe it. Amen. That settles it. Yes. Amen. Settles it. I don't care what you said. My God says differently. What are you believing about what God says about you? I know it may look tough right now. I know there's a long road to success for you. But baby, you've got to decide in your heart today, I'm going to commit to stepping. I'm about to get to stepping, stepping toward my destiny, stepping toward his promises, stepping toward my future. Why? Not because my life depends on it, but my future depends on it. It's not about me, but it's about them. Who are them? Those are them. Them as those who are coming behind me. It's about the legacy I leave with them. Remember, he said, Abraham, I'm going to make you famous. I'm going to make you famous. Y'all ain't, ain't shouting that. That's okay. I'm going to make you famous. Everybody knows about Abraham, the believer and the non-believer. God says, I'm going to make you famous. You will be the father of a nation. I'm going to make you famous. You'll be the father of a nation. And let me tell you, did God keep his promise? You're doggone right. I just preached about a man that God said he would make famous. And somebody's going to preach your story. But you've got to step out there on faith. God has given you something that nobody else can do in this season. But you're sitting on it because you have faith and fear. And you don't want to operate in it. God says, will you let me work the way I work, baby? Will you let me work? Will you let me in? Will you give me that? He, you know the reason he says the yoke is easy and the burden are light? You know why he says that? To yoke. A yoke is a connection. It's a joining of something. And he says, the yoke with me, the joining with me, the connection with me is easy. It doesn't require a lot. Religion has gotten away. Religion told you you got to jump three times, bark like a dog, and flip. Okay? Religion has told you you got to live right, act right, can't do this, can't do that. Religion said that. I never said that. All I said was give me your heart. And then he says, the burdens are light. In other words, all this stuff you've been carrying is too heavy. You know why it's too heavy? Because you were not assigned to carry that. He says, the yoke with me is easy. Once you're connected with me, our relationship is easy. And the burdens you carry from now on, they'll be light if you just give them to me. Let me share the weight of life with you. This is why I ordained it. But you've got to give me you. And giving me you starts with giving me faith. So I close by saying this. Today, I'm serious Today, will you commit in your hearts to step out on faith? I don't know what that is for you. I can't even imagine what some of you are going through right now in this sanctuary. But God is telling me, he's telling me, telling me, da, da, da. he's telling me, telling me to tell you this. Just take the first step. Just take the first step and trust me.
Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.